Hi, my name is Olivia Burney, and today I will be discussing the book Love My Rifle More Than You, Young and Female in the U.S. Army by Kayla Williams, published in 2005. I will begin with a quick summary and then discuss some questions which relate to the book. So the book first begins with a prologue about how women are seen in the Army and how women made up 15% of the Army at the time. And the prologue serves to explain why Williams thinks that the book is necessary. And she wants to tell it how it is from her perspective because she had such a different perspective and wanted to clarify things that may have not been described in other accounts. And so then she goes to describe her life growing up and she grew up with divorced parents in Ohio and she was very smart, but she didn't feel like she belonged. So she joined the punk scene, which was very sexist, racist, and into drugs. So then she went to college, but she dropped out and she went back to the punk scene. And she was just frustrated because none of them really had their lives together and they just like weren't going anywhere. And so she decided that she wanted to go back to college and she finished college. And then she moves on to describe her long-term relationship with a Palestinian man named Tariq. And this teaches her a lot about Muslim culture. And so this is why she adds that chapter into the book, or multiple chapters. And she then enlists in 2000 and goes to DLI to study Arabic and become a linguist. And she's a lot older than the other recruits, and she feels way more, more mature because she's had like to deal with having a mortgage and paying bills and just doing all sorts of adult stuff that all the other recruits like straight out of high school just went to uh, boot camp and didn't really have much life experience. So then the rest of the book describes her experiences during her uh, year-long deployment in Iraq and um, what the transition was like when she came back home. Some of the key experiences during her deployment I'll discuss later in this podcast. So the first question, what conflicts of diversity, equity, and or inclusion are seen within this book? So basically it's about being a woman in the army. And so the prologue and the conclusion put it pretty straightforward. Kayla Williams had two choices. So did all of the other women in the army. You had the choice of being a bitch or a slut. A bitch was if you don't sleep with the male soldiers and you were a slut if you did. And then she also said that the women on deployment, the female soldiers would get extra like added attention from male soldiers that they may not have gotten at home. And so they would become queens for a year, which describes the stuck up attitudes that they would develop from the added attention. And so then they would start like treating each other badly and just didn't have good attitudes. And so the next question, how are the army values and warrior ethos illustrated within the book? So the army value of integrity was used when Williams talks about the Geneva Conventions during human intelligence interrogations in Iraq. So integrity is doing what's right legally and morally. And when she was interrogating the people in Iraq, they were the other soldiers were just being absolutely terrible, like doing things that they really should not have been doing. And she brought it up to leadership that they were violating the Geneva Conventions and was holding on to her integrity, even though the leadership didn't really listen to her. And the warrior ethos, 
She never wanted to quit, and she felt a strong bond to her fellow soldiers. So she kept putting off her foot surgery so that she could stay, and she gave herself way more than the recommended amount of cortisone shots and permanently lost feeling in two of her toes just so that she wouldn't have to leave the mission. What were the greatest hurdles that the individuals or organizations within the book had to overcome? So she had some incidents where sexual assault occurred. She was alone with uh, Rivers, and he was discussing his fiance, like showing her pictures, and she thought she was having this deep conversation with him. And then all of a sudden, it switched to, I'm getting married soon, and I want to sleep with 70 women before I finally get married and settle down. And do you want to be number 69? And she was like, uh, no. And then he grabbed her arm and tried to rape her, but she did not let that happen. And then also throughout the book, she was just mad because she was always seen as a sex object. And she got groped at one point and like they were just constantly asking her to like lift up her shirt. And so she basically, that was her greatest hurdle, sexual assault and just being seen as a sex object. Uh, why is this book relevant to leadership today and what life and leadership principles did you gain from this book that are applicable, applicable to you as a student and future current leader? Um, so the book basically demonstrates a need to understand other cultures so that we don't dehumanize them. And throughout the book, uh, Williams described how other soldiers would like refer to the local people as hajis, and they would just like say, oh, just kill all the locals, just nuke the Middle East, that'll solve our, all of our problems. And they just dehumanize them and were just not good to them. Being a female soldier... Uh, Williams was able to communicate with um, the Yazidi girl and just other Muslim women. And so if you understand the cultures, you understand that female uh, soldiers can be helpful in those kinds of situations to interrogate maybe uh, female uh, Muslims. So that is helpful. And then tell us about a time within the book where the main character slash organization had to work closely with someone whose personality and values were different from their own and what contributed to these differences? How did they overcome them? As well as give an example when the characters within the book struggled to build a relationship with someone important and how did they eventually overcome that? So I grouped these two questions together mostly because during the whole book, Williams describes throughout the book, she just has a bad relationship with her superiors. And with Staff Sergeant Moss, she was just constantly criticizing her decisions. When Staff Sergeant Moss tried to fix their relationship issues, Williams was just stubborn. And when Staff Sergeant Moss makes a bad call, instead of discussing it, Williams just completely like freezes up, pretends she can't hear her, and ignores her. And then at the end of the book with Staff Sergeant Simmons, she actually had a reason to not like her, but Williams didn't act correctly. Like, she was still super disrespectful instead of bringing it up with her. Williams was signed for $1.3 million in um, equipment and was trying to learn, like, everything she could so that she could keep up with it and not have to deal with, like, messing up. The, just She was just trying to be super careful. And Staff Sergeant Simmons came in and replaced her and just didn't care, didn't want to learn about the equipment or learn what she was signed for. And so uh, later, they just had a bunch of problems. And in both situations, they eventually worked it out. Williams eventually worked. In both situations, Williams 
eventually worked it out by getting a lieutenant to mediate a discussion. Give an example of a time where individuals within the book were able to be creative within their work. What was exciting or difficult about it? So near the beginning of the book, uh, she goes out on a mission with the infantry and they clear a monastery. And the lieutenant in charge acts ridiculously. The monk is speaking English, but he still makes Williams translate. And he refuses to like listen to what he has to say. And the lieutenant refuses to wait until the monks finish their prayers in... Um, the lieutenant refuses to wait until the monks finish their prayers to clear the room, and he takes the only gun that they have to protect themselves and their relics. They also have the only computer in the area, and they will certainly get robbed if he takes that gun. So Williams, when they get back, tells the captain about the gun from the monastery, and the captain goes and sneaks back into the monastery and returns a similar one so that they can protect themselves. Tell us about a time individuals within the book were dissatisfied with their work. What could have been done, in your opinion, to make it better? So, um, when Specialist Berenger dies, uh, Williams is super dissatisfied with herself because she talked to her, but she uh, felt like she didn't do enough. Berenger eventually killed herself, and um, Williams like just didn't see it coming, even though she had a bunch of, like, she had just had a bunch of uh, suicide, like, safety briefs, and so what I feel like could have been done, she could have put those safety briefs into use in real life, but also she could have, like, taken that, a little bit of that off of herself, because it wasn't just her who could have stepped in, like, it was, other people could have noticed, too.